Bienvenidos a todos. And swagatam, swagatam. People, alright. ¿Qué pasa, mi gente? Alright, let me just bring this up. Where is the... Alright, here it is. Mi Facebook gente. Just, alright, there it is. Look at that right there. Kamiusteri <laughs> Kali. Um, kikara, kikara. Right, so. Salam from Bosnia, Mr. Salah. Right, wa alaikum assalam. Right back at you, man. Bosnia doing it, doing it. Just move this chat feature to here. Mm-hmm. Abe that's better. Ah, that's better. Allah, Allah, Allah. Mufti with the classic Yeah, you know, I gotta you know I gotta jazz it up a little now and then. Can't let people predict my next move. <laughs> gotta be ahead of the game. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Ahlul Facebook? All right, first question I need to ask. Right, is the volume coming through okay? I need to ask this. Somebody said, at a, a, a Latino, oh, as a Latino convert. All right, bienvenidos. All right, como le fue? I thought he said, at a Latino concert. <laughs> All right, stop bailando. <laughs> right, so what's going on, people? What's going on? The volume's good. All right, that's the main thing. Look at the shape. How's it? You're doing it a lot from your videos, and I hope to keep learning. Shukran, look at that, supporting my work with the super stickers. Wah, wah, wah. Mwah. Gio, Merijan, Gio. <laughs> right, so we're going to be taking a, a look today at, uh, uh, you know, I've been, there's been a few complaints that I've not, I've been ignoring, uh, <laughs> neglecting the, the actual live questions. So I'm from amongst them. You see, this is the thing. I always make an intention. You know? Like I always intend to start so early. But it's that same thing. <laughs> I don't do the delay. It, it happens. You see, that's uh, that's the thing. So today, like, I had to make sure I've got my. I was going to turn up without the chai, 
But then I remembered the wise words of a Mahan Vyakti. <laughs> Where he says, Ek garam chai ki piyali ho. <laughs> Phir usko pilane wali ho. <laughs> What's going on, people? What is going on? Robin is saying, yeah, because you're ignoring me, innit? I'm ignoring you, innit? I'm not ignoring you, man. Salam from Belgium. You're doing it, Robin. You're doing it. Right, so, while shout-outs are going out, that reminds me, from Birmingham, people, from the Emporium Gym, Big Z. <laughs> Just met him today, uh, uh, just before my quick workout, and he said, you know, he said, I don't show him any love on... Yeah, this is for you, Gio, Gio, Medijan, Gio, Big Z. Right, so, what's going on, people, what's going on? So, obviously, I can't go through all of you, I can't be giving... <laughs> everybody a shout out but i'm not ignoring you pashtun over here <laughs> right so the thing is nope 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 right let's take a look at some of these questions before we do let's catch up with some of the stuff that's been going on this week people this week right i tell you what to cheer up the mood as always how about we take a little poem that I've got for uh, right nope it's not that one <laughs> this is uh this is the kind of thing where you don't <laughs> what's happened to all my tracks pasando <laughs> let's see all right here it is people एक सोच, एक सोच अकल से फिसल गई, एक सोच अकल से फिसल गई मुझे याद थी कि बदल गई, मेरी सोच थी कि वो खाब था, मेरी ज़िंदगी का हिसाब था, मेरी जुस्तुजू के बरक्स थी, मेरी मुश्किलों का वो अक्स थी, मुझे याद हो तो वो सोच थी जो न याद हो तो गुमान था, मुझे बैठे-बैठे गुमा हुआ, गुमा नहीं था, उदा� मेरी सोच नहीं थी खुदा था वो वो खुदा के जिसने जुबान दी मुझे दिल दिया मुझे जान दी जुबान जिसे न चला सके वो ही दिल जिसे न मना सके वो ही जान जिसे न लगा सके कभी मिल तो तुझको बताएं हम तुझे इस तरह से सताएं हम तेरा इश्क तुझसे छीन के तुझे मैं तुझे दर्द दूं तू न सह सके तुझे दर्द दूं तू न सह सके तुझे दूं ज़बान तू न कह सके तुझे दूं मकान तू न रह सके तुझे मुश्किलों में घेरा के मैं कोई ऐसा रास्ता निकाल दूं तेरे दर्द की मैं तबाह किसी पर से तुझे हर नज़र पे उबूर दूं तुझे ज़िंदगी का शाहूर दूं तुझे हर नज़र पे उबूर दूं तुझे ज़िंदगी शक नहीं मेरी नियतों को तू साफ कर मेरी नियतों को तू साफ कर मेरी शान में भी कमी नहीं मेरे इस काम में बहुत शुक्रिया पाकिस्तान जिंदाबाद कराची जिंदाबाद बुरा दोस्त वाव पीपल दैट वाज इंक्रेडिबली इमोशनल 
Moving on to something else emotional I want to mention. Uh, this is, uh, I did make an announcement about this. This is Sheikh Sidi Muhammad Bukhubza, a great scholar that was committed to especially hadith studies right throughout his lifetime. Somebody who was a student of Abdul Hayy al-Kattani and uh, Sheikh Hafiz Ahmad al-Ghumari and also had the honor of meeting uh, Ibn Ashur. Uh, this scholar who was, I believe he'd re he was in his early 90s, although I think some people said it was he was 88. But when I spoke to him, I met him a few years back. And at that stage, I was under the impression that he said he was actually uh, at, at that stage 91 or just 90. So, but quite senior, as you can see, right till his final days, committed to the study of uh, of ilm, of sacred knowledge. Uh, also amongst who I consider amongst my teachers, he gave me ijazah in going through these main scholars, Abdul Hayy al-Kattani, going uh, right through uh, Ibn Ashur and Sidi Ahmad al-Humari. So I thought I'd share that, you know, there he is. There's et moi, people, Allah. <laughs> Those who say I don't wish shalwar kameez, yellow. Yellow. <laughs> there I am. Right, so, and I was uh, sitting with, I spent a whole day actually with this sheikh um, at a time when he had for several years prohibited uh, any guests. I mean, he really wasn't taking any kind of guests and things like that, yet he still invited me to his home and we spent you know most of that day there really just chatting discussing uh several things there's an an awesome picture right there look at that and the guy had style though he had class you gotta say look at the the staff <laughs> all right and here he's uh, we're just briefly discussing the maliki madhab so right i thought i'd just share some of those things uh the scholar had passed away just this week gone may allah elevate his maqam in jannatul firdaus and i said that you see to me rather than this being a sad moment i rather up to kind of commemorate and celebrate his life. I mean, he'd lived a long life, a fulfilling life, and, and in many ways iconic and symbolic of uh, devotion and commitment. Now, even though, to be fair, in many things, I, you know, in my approach, in my opinions, I may disagree uh, with Sheikh Sidi Bukhubza, but still, you know, for somebody to have spent his entire life committed to the studies of hadith, I, you know, I'm absolutely in awe of that. All right, so I thought I'd share these moments. So may Allah bless him in the afterlife. I mean, right. So what is going on? Skybox TV Hacks is asking, can I do a... Can we do a du'a for 
may Allah <laughs> enable more TV hacks? <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Uh, right, so it's Bilal. Yeah, he wants a driving test. He wants to pass in his driving test. Yeah, up. <laughs> yeah. You know what we should do? We should do, you know, like in the masjids. Uh, they have, uh, they say, Acha, to Fulan ke taraf se panch pond aye hain, to dua ki jiye. <laughs> and they start naming everybody that's paid to make a dua. <laughs> uh, I'm just messing. Inshallah, don't worry, you'll fly through your driving test. Don't worry about it, man. So, what is going on, people? What is going on? Uh, Somebody's asked, Mark Lonzetta has asked, could you explain Surah Safat, verse 6 to 10? Is that to do with the shayateen? Uh, because if it is, I've got a detailed explanation already, which is online. So, Yeah, I've already got a detailed explanation of that. Allah, look at that. How did I know, people, about the Shia? Allah, Allah, Allah. See, I just blagged it. <laughs> I'm joking, yaar. I'm joking. Of course, I had a, a, a intuition. firasat al-mu'min. See, when you said verse 6, to, I was like, is that... Got a feeling that's the one about the shayateen. I've got a inna zayyina samaa dunya bizina tinil kawakib wa hifdam min kulli shaytanim marid la yisamma'una ila al mal il a'la yuk wa yuk the funa min kulli janib duhuram walahum avabun avabun wasib. Now the thing you see, this I have explained this before that. You see, there's two ways of looking at these kind of things. But I'll go over it briefly now, but I have got a video explaining it in more detail. Uh, somebody said, Javed Ghamidi Saab is doing a UK tour. Right, okay, I wasn't too... F I mean, I don't really know about that. I'll, I'll get in touch and find out. <laughs> right, so... The... You see, the way these things work in my understanding is this two ways. One is the literal, that Allah is speaking about shayateen, like actual demons. We've got a, you know, like let's say demons flying around, floating around. They are capturing these things. They are then, like this is an actuality, uh, a physical actuality. That's on one hand. On the other hand, this is really referring to forces and it's a personification of forces. Um, you see, so for example, bad things, bad forces. Um, now, you see, bad, when we're talking about negativity in forces, that doesn't really mean it's evil but it means that we, we as humans can perceive some of these things as evil so for example a hurricane in and of itself is not evil but to us it is evil 
you understand because the harm it causes us but in and of itself it's the kind of you know the tidal uh you know, you know the pressure the atmospheric pressure that is kind of building up and and then it's you know uh, manifesting as this kind of hurricane this is not or or an earthquake in and of itself is not evil the tectonic plates are kind of shifting and or a tsunami or a volcano erupting yet these forces the negativity they carry is from our worldview our perception so forces that people perceive these forces in a and in a kind of personified manner that they refer to them as though they are real as though they are alive you know it's like how people will uh watch out like this fire or like people who um ride the sea often who go out to sea or go out you know are on ships and boats to them it feels as though the sea is alive and it is kind of it is dangerous and cruel to them you know it has no mercy on people but really the sea is not a person but it's through our perspective that we personify it and this is how these verses on this hand are referring to these things they're not actually demons and so on but it's how humans view certain forces certain things that they read into um in this case whether it will be kind of um through astrology or through the cosmos or through things like this and allah is referring to them or speaking to them addressing them in um a kind of with narratives that they are familiar with so that's uh, one way of looking at this okay that's probably how i understand these things the other way is you actually feel that no these are actual demons it's not a personification it's an actual uh, demon doing this so these are the two kind of ways that this um all right sid all right people our correspondent who was all the way in pakistan risking the coronavirus <laughs> alhamdulillah i take it you're back safe and sound you know people what is going on with this coronavirus man seriously it's crazy i mean the year 2020 begins <laughs> And if you think about what has just happened in January alone, <laughs> there's, there's been these, you know, bushfires of biblical proportions in Australia as soon as you get into the month. Then there's been almost a World War Three, <laughs> potentially a nuclear war. And before the month ends, there's been a, 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 a global epidemic an outbreak of a contagion a virus that is so deadly and god or, or so dangerous i mean i don't know about it being so deadly but so dangerous wow um it's 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 crazy man and then now we've had this terrorist attack in london uh what is it uh how, how did this streatham 
or what but in london you we've had this this nutcase go out stab two people wear a fake kind of terrorist vest and then get shot to death what i don't understand is how was this guy released like this i mean how they, they had two officers on him i mean i don't what is the security service doing how can you have two officers on this guy they must have had his equipment bugged they must have had these things how is he doing this the guy had expressed i think they said something like between a dozen to 20 times or something they said on i was reading different reports where he had expressed the wish to be involved in terrorist activities he had expressed the wish himself to kind of uh, perpetrate attacks within the uk how is how are people like this it's just being you know just i i mean i feel that people like that are a categorical threat unless they have completely kind of after i don't know they but it's just to let them back into society like that and then they go ahead and do this they kill two people uh you know what the or they you know i mean this I don't know, I don't know. Yes, Allah. And the damage that this does to Islam. And you see another convert. And this isn't to blame converts. I mean, converts obviously take a major step and a major sacrifice in their life. But I do say to people that, look, this is the problem with da'wah. You know, just today I was at the hairdressers. <laughs> Dino's, giving Dino a shout out. Right, so... I was there and I met this this brother, uh, Gamran, and we got into this chat about this. We were just chatting about um, Dawah. And this was my point that I feel that Dawah is a nightmare. You know, we should just, I do feel, I say people get offended when I say this, that we should stop doing Dawah. Because I feel that all we're doing is just harming this deen. And then we're attracting kind of like, what we're doing is we're attracting nutcases <laughs> and then we're stuck with them. <laughs> so now it's a Muslim uh, problem. <laughs> All right, what's the dua for coronavirus? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, I'm telling you. <laughs> Sorry, I just opened this and a meme came right up. <laughs> God, where would we be without memes? Allah, Allah, I just remember, I just realized I hadn't shared this thing. I'm like, what kind of kufr am I doing, people? What kind of kufr is this where I don't even share? Un momento. Right, so, alright, I've shared it. So, what is going on? Right, so, Shaib Adam, right, you've asked two questions one on Maliki Fiqh and one on uh, learning Arabic. Right, I feel, okay, let's, let's tackle this. I do feel that, uh, you see, when it comes to books in English, 
my knowledge is lacking because I I mean I do read in English obviously <laughs> but I you know I don't read though like thick books and things like that in English so I'm so out of sync with what's available that said I'm sure that look um, I know Sheikh Ali Larahi had a book on Maliki Fiqh uh, which was in English um, I believe Imam Sahib Webb has recently uh, published a book as well which I believe is based more or less on Maliki Fiqh I could be wrong about Imam Sahib's book but I believe it is um, but there are other books available like the, there was a book called The Helping Guider or something like that I think The Helping Guide or The Helping Guider and there was, I'm not sure if it's still about, but there was a commentary by Sheikh Hamza Yusuf on it. So when I first became Maliki, that was one of the first things I actually went through many years ago. This is like in the 90s. God, huh? We... <laughs> it's a lifetime ago. It's a different universe now when I think about it. I think it must have been 97 or 98, was it? But yeah. And... I was just 18 at the time so now I went through uh, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf was uh, going over it's Al-Murshid Al-Mu'een in Arabic it's it's a commentary on Ibn Ashid which is a basic text in Maliki Fiqh it's a it's a kind of versified a poem in Maliki Fiqh very popular now uh, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf was going over it with a Mauritanian sheikh, either Murabit al-Hajj or somebody else, but he's translating, or I mean, it's in Arabic anyway, he's kind of translating what the sheikh is saying. So it is, um, so it is uh, very, uh, it was very beneficial. It was in so many, because at the time we had cassettes, Can I'm going back to when we had, <laughs> you know, if you give them to, uh, if you give those cassettes to a kid today, they'll be like, what do we do with this? It's the ones where you can turn the... <laughs> so it had like something like, was it 15 cassettes or 20 cassettes or something? And there were recordings at the time. And so unless Sheikh Hamza Yusuf has had it removed, but it was available, it was a private recording by somebody. And I even had the book, uh, his actual translation, Hamza Yusuf's. I don't know where it is now, to be honest with you. I've read it in, like I'm saying, in it must have been 1997 or something. I don't, maybe I gave it away or something because I haven't really seen it around anywhere. Um, but nevertheless, you can, uh, you can go through that. There's, I've got a few Maliki Fit courses on YouTube. I've got, uh, there's How to Pray. Check out my video. I go through it with an actual demonstration. And uh, done by Shaban doing it in the background, right? So um, now, so check that out. I do also. Um, uh, I've also got a commentary on the Ashmawiya in six lectures. It's on YouTube. It's audio. I go through. Uh, there's a foundational book, reasonably foundation level, by Qadi Iyad called Foundations of Islam. Qawaid uh, al-Islam it's actually called Al-Alam Bi-Ta'arifi Hudud Qawaid al-Islam but 
So I go through that in 20 lectures. That's on YouTube as well. So you can check that out. These books are available soon. My website will be up on muftiabulaith.com and these books will be available on there as well to download and things like that. But there are, I know Aisha Buley on her website has several Maliki Fiqh works translated into English. So you can check that out as well. So this, this is all on Maliki resources. On the Arabic language, I think there's so much out there now that um, I really was a great advocate and still am of Dr. Surti's Quranic Arabic. I don't know um, if you guys would really like it, but I went through it. Uh, a while back I taught it. I'm going to see if I can get hold of those videos and if I can I'll try and have them live streamed. But um, I, I found the book very, very amazing but it is, I can see it can be boring for some people. But um, you see what he does is he explains some rules and then he gives Quranic verses that you can now understand. And the way I would do it is I would uh, First of all, as I begin, I would just read over all the units, the kind of in today's, let's say this, this kind of unit, what all the Arabic, I would read it, whether I understand it or not, I'd read through the whole thing, then I would listen to it at that time when I began the pronunciation, then I would go to the end of that unit, copy the glossary, and so I've now understood it, like I've got the words. Then I would copy out the whole Arabic unit thing. And then I would read through the lesson. And by the end of that, he would have an activity where you can now understand these verses of the Quran. So that uh, was something I definitely, uh, you know, I liked that. Cool. Let's. Uh, I hope that's of some help. There are other books, Arbia Bainiyadik and stuff like this, which are good as well. And other, uh, but you know, you gotta sometimes variate and diversify. But the main thing is just get onto it. You know, watch TV series in Arabic, TV movies with Arabic subtitles. Do anything, everything you can. Cool. Sarfaraz Ansari has asked. Uh, <laughs> Rianjua says keep on doing it. you're doing it you're doing it with the super stickers right much love right back at you man you're doing it you're doing it right there was a, a question from Sarfaraz uh, Ansari uh, can men or boys wear pink <laughs> in touch with the delicate side <laughs> of course men can wear pink uh, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong in being in touch with your uh, with your more effeminate side. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be effeminate. I think pink looks good on on men as well. I'm sure it does. I mean, it it when I say pink, it doesn't. I I don't mean by that like lipstick. <laughs> You're like yeah, pink. He said he said pink looks good. <laughs> on men but pink looks good on men i mean as well like pink shirts pink t-shirts you know things like this i've got a uh i've got at least one or two kind of pink t-shirts you know for the for the march <laughs> for the parade <laughs> not toba 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 kufar kufar <laughs> 
Come loot, come loot. <laughs> you know what I find so <laughs> sad is that <laughs> it's attributed to a prophet. That's just so sad, isn't it? Come loot. <laughs> That's like the people of Lot, of, of loot. That's like saying the people of Abraham, the people of, you know, it's like for no reason the prophet gets it. You know, it's like just everybody that uses that term and they use it in a derogatory way. And all they do is just <laughs> insulting the prophet, Prophet Lut Right. So let's take a look at some of these questions. Why are you a rationalist? Oof. How do we answer? Contestame, huh? Contestame. Why are you a rationalist? What should I be? An irrationalist. <laughs> what is, you know, we are the only people as Muslims who seem to mock and satirize and ridicule people for using their intellect like we think like that's a dumb thing like ha 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 he's using his brain ha 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 <laughs> this is so stupid like nobody in human history like literally nobody has ever said that's like a meme like literally nobody ever and then some muslims ha 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 he's using his brain <laughs> and, uh, uh, okay that's why we are humans. We use our brains. Right, ventamente, alright. Quizás, quizás, of course, of course. Right, you see, if not by reason, I ask you, if not by reason, then how can, uh, how can we prove, or when I say prove, I mean, as in to substantiate the validity of what we believe in, if not by reason. It is only by reason. Right, why do you place rationality? You see, it's not rationality, it's reason I place uh, at the top of the epistemological hierarchy. <laughs> Rather, are we? Oh, so it's, it's like that, is it? <laughs> we one must peruse rather sophisticated vocabulary <laughs> right so uh you see uh, because if not by reason then how how can you ever discuss truth how can you have a dialogue on truth unless it's by reason how do you say you just say oh because i feel it <laughs> so somebody says, oh, I'm God. And they say, well, no, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, but you're using your reason. <laughs> what is he supposed to use to debunk that? So reason, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's the only, the best thing that humans have to argue anything, to prove anything, to substantiate their points, to be able to have a meaningful dialogical discourse on something, especially huge concepts like truth and existence and reality and God. And the only thing that can serve that discourse is reason. Otherwise, it's just, 
you know, oh, I experienced that I'm God. Well, whatever you say doesn't matter now because you're just using reason. Uh huh. <laughs> so exactly. So this is my point. So reason is the ultimate. It's through this voice of reason that we come to recognize that, oh, actually, yes, there is a God. There is, you know, this makes sense. That's the whole purpose. You're not meant to blindly follow in faith. It's meant to make sense to you. Right, so uh, somebody said Surah 65 verse 4 child marriage in the Quran. That's not true. Gunna boy has asked Gunna boy. <laughs> Why? Gunna boy? That's that. For some reason just sounds wrong. I don't know. That's <laughs> uh, Gunna boy 69. <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna. <laughs> boy <laughs> but uh, you know it's not for us to judge you know not no judging you know no judging so it's not true that if it's the verse that I believe you're referring to then I have a clip already dedicated to that that does the Quran uh, permit uh, child marriages and categorically not the verse of the Quran if you're referring to that one that wallati lam yahidna that how long should women wait after divorce and it mentions that ulatul ahmal it mentions those who are pregnant and women wait uh, their menstrual cycles and it says wallati lam yahidna and those who do not have menstrual cycles it did not mean little children it said those who do not have there's many women who don't sometimes have a menstrual cycle or they have very irregular cycles that they will wait three months so by taking that verse you're taking it out of context it does not mean and to prove it Allah goes on to say one nisa that in nisa women women is the word that is used right so that's a clear word of the quran it means women okay it's the plural of imra'a it's not bint or jariya or sabiya or things like this it's not that it's nisa that is used in those verses right so jack rosley says why are you so good <laughs> why are you so good look yeah jack it's people like this that we need every day to kind of gas us up. <laughs> Just boost our ego. <laughs> Nevertheless, shukran, muchas gracias, Jack Rosley. Right, so Frank the Ant. <laughs> Frank the Ant. Let's take some Facebook questions. Uh, Mufti Saab, someone told me your teacher took your ijazah. <laughs> took your ijazah away. Which teacher? <laughs> right, so I have the type of ijazat I have. They're on, it's on Facebook in my bio and it's on the highlights on Instagram. So I have ijazah in the Quran. Uh, that teacher who was a student uh, of uh, Sheikh Tarabishi, he's, but both of them have passed. They passed away, in, in the, I mean, Sheikh Tarabishi before and, and my Sheikh during the whole um, kind of Syrian uprising. He was from Damascus. So that's my ijazah in the Quran. Um, then we had Madrasa, 
ijazat and those ijazat were also granted on the basis of things like you have to take tests pass the tests and not only did i pass the tests uh -huh, i came in the top positions <laughs> i came in the top three you know out of, out of a class of what 95 students top three Oh, well, you know, it's not bad, especially when you'd spent the whole night watching movies. <laughs> you know, uh, so it's this is this is so I so I actually won several prizes. And as far as the madrasa is concerned. So and then there's obviously Sheikh Sidi Bukhubza, who's passed away now. Uh, he's given me jazz as well. Um, so, I mean, none of my teachers, as far as I'm awake, uh, have revoked ijazah, so to speak. And ijazah is not something that can really be revoked. It's not really something like that. It's just a chain of transmission. So it's like saying that, look, I, for example, deem you worthy of this. Now, you know, you usually it's of two types. One is that you are already qualified, so you're going to go ahead and teach those things potentially. The other is a baraka one where you just attend a gathering and they just give you a kind of ijazah. So, I mean, that one, I suppose, is more just tradition. It's just a kind of for a blessing. The first kind, like a license in saying, well, I too authorize you in teaching. It is what it is, isn't it? Now, it doesn't really make any sense that people can unrevoke. <laughs> I mean, sorry, they can revoke. They kind of authorize you. They say, oh, now I non-authorize. <laughs> that doesn't really make any sense. So, all right. Uh, right. What is, how do I bring about my spouse not to shout at me? Wakas. Yeah, this is a, <laughs> a problem, people. Let's. Let's, you know, people confer, confer, <laughs> group together, group together. We've got a problem, <laughs> right? But, but real talk, real talk though, shouting, you know, this is something that in relationships, if this is how your relationship is, I don't mean as a one-off, like something happened and a person shouted, that's, you know, humans the things happen something happened something broke and somebody shouted or you know that's understandable it's a reaction but it's where something is not a reaction where the reaction part is over or it's not and somebody's just screaming and yelling that is just degrading and more than anything it's disrespectful so honestly in, in a relationship like that i i would say that you s need to have some serious words <laughs> but on a serious note you need to say siéntate por favor zara betie that don't you need to nicely in gentle words but you need to kind of have self-respect and this goes both ways regardless of gender people you know it's not a relationship really if, I mean, I suppose it is a relationship, but a, a terrible one, if it's kind of condescending. Okay. And, and I'll tell you something, you know, in, in psychoanalysis, you have this uh, kind of uh, branch of it that, look, that is called transactional analysis. 
and the way it views people it says that to the kind of transactions they have as in they the interaction they call it transactions the interaction they say that there's certain mindsets there's three mindsets that a person an ego state that a person fluctuates in between so they say uh, one is of a child an adult and a parent and they say that as you transact or interact with the other person in accordance to this you switch ego states so let's say uh, so for example it could be that somebody's having a mature conversation and you now have a mature conversation you switch to an adult ego state adult adult sometimes like let's say something like flirting somebody could be flirting now you're kind of switching as an adult you're switching to a childlike kind of ego state in a sense of having some fun obviously it's adult fun but it's still kind of childlike in the kind of things that are being said or done or and the other person reciprocates their ego state switches to a childlike now you see what happens in relationships sometimes is one of the couple will sometimes switch to parenting the other couple and what happens is the other couple switches to the child ego state automatic so it's like imagine one of the couple saying like oh i told you not to leave your clothes around lying around you know what is wrong with you i've told you so many times don't do that. see this is what a parent does to a child so they assume the parent ego state and by doing so on many occasions they automatically trigger the child ego state in the other so the other person ah, you know ah, like reacts how a child would react and you see the problem with this is though the parent child dynamic in a spousal relationship is a disaster because people are not you see if you start to mother your husband or you start to father your wife as in you're treating them like a child that ego state that you've adopted is no longer attractive to the other person you understand it becomes a um, like it's one that's just it's the parent ego state that's all it is it's therefore responsibilities and discipline and rules and regulations but it's not an attractive uh, kind of ego state so and so it's important to try and assess these things and I human beings kind of fluctuate through all of these but if a person starts to persist at this kind of an ego state I feel it would have a, a huge detrimental impact on the relationship to come so and shouting is a fine kind of thing and I think sometimes I could be wrong but I think you know like as I grow older <laughs> see it's age as I'm aging I don't know whether it's as I'm aging or what but I seem to have a reduced tolerance to um, things like shouting and things like like I don't know like I so I don't know whether it's just now or me or age or is it just it's that it's always been there but I'm just more conscientious of it now or is it so 
So I don't know, but I mean, I, I definitely feel that these things are unacceptable. I don't mean the reactionary ones. The reactionary ones can be, they kind of diminish circumstances and can be excused. So I hope that gives some, makes some sense. All right, so let's move on, people. Let's move on. What, uh, right, okay, I was just checking if there were any notes. Ruling on Ya Rasulullah. Ibrahim, no, sorry, Alim Lodi. All right, from the Lodi Sultanate, huh? the Lodi dynasty from India. Allah. Um, you see, saying Ya Rasulullah, there's nothing wrong in saying Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's just calling out to the Prophet, just as we call out to people when we're on our own or we envisage we're having conversations with people, we envisage sometimes some people are, can see us that when they can't, we kind of know they can't, but our experiencing self feels that they can. And it's, you know, in uh, Lacanian, you know, Lacan, he's also from a monk, from the, the psychodynamic kind of tradition within psychology, but in Lacanian psychology, psychoanalysis, they have what is, uh, what is called, you have the, um, you have the ideal ego, but you have an ego ideal. And you see, they differentiate that they have, you see, what they say is that we always feel, one is the, the kind of ideal ego, not that. But what they're saying is, it's, we feel that we are often being watched by a particular person. Now, it could be, it could be a friend, it could be a loved one, it could be somebody that, the one that got away, <laughs> the one that, but we feel that we are being watched by a person. And we kind of, uh, and, and we may do things at time, even though I suppose we know from the rational us knows that we're not, but the experiencing us feels that, you know what, like, like, yeah, like that person's watching me somehow. Even though uh, this sounds bizarre, but we all, most people experience this. And they refer to this as the, the distinction between the ideal ego and the ego ideal in Lacanian psychodynamics. Uh, now, they feel that this develops at an early stage when a baby uh, who is completely incapable, the infant, he can't even crawl, he's completely dependent on the mother. So the mother, he feels, or she feels, the baby, that the mother is him or her. They feel that it's one self, one nafs. Because they, you see, they can't separate themselves from the this other. And what happens is this self, this other self, the mother, goes away. It distances itself, like it, it walks off into the other room, and it comes back, and it watches. And the infant always feels the kind of looking glance of the mother, and it kind of longs for it, especially whilst it's in an incapable stage of doing anything for itself. 
and this looking glance becomes so entrenched within our psyche that even that we forever carry it throughout our lives our lifespan even though we may shift it onto other people i mean this is the the, the that lacanian kind of um psychoanalytic perspective on it i'm not saying it has to be like that but this is a theory this these things are not necessarily they're not against islam by the way they're just you know a way of uh of looking at things that's all right okay let's move on people let's move on what are uh right let's take some facebook questions uh, Mufti Saab, what is your view on Sheikh Ramadan al-Bouti? I think Sheikh Ramadan al-Bouti, you know, was a great scholar. He was definitely a scholar of his time. Um, I've benefited a lot from some of his books. I love his Q&A books, Ma'annas. I've got at least two two of them. I don't know if he's got more of them. But, um, uh, and I think it's a shame that he got caught up in this whole political thing in Damascus in Syria and but I mean Khair, I did meet him in my lifetime and uh, and in his lifetime sorry in my lifetime I suppose in my lifetime too but in his lifetime I did meet him and I attended only a few of his durus not many he used to hold uh, live durus at a masjid and, the, and it would be rampacked seriously but yeah, it's a shame, the whole politics and everything. Right, may Allah grant him an elevated maqam in Jannah. I mean, it's a shame. You know, this whole thing, it got, it, see, it gets all, it's always political. Rajniti, people, Rajniti. You know, there was this thing between him and I think Sheikh Yaqubi and the whole, um, and their followers and things like that. Have you met Sheikh Noor Hamim Keller? I have met Sheikh Noor Hamim Keller on uh, several occasions, but many years ago. I don't think he, he definitely wouldn't remember because at that time I was just beginning my journey of knowledge. <laughs> so I wasn't the kind of uh, this result. <laughs> uh, I met him in Damascus. He would at that time, he was living, I think, in Jordan, but he was spending a considerable amount of time in Damascus. And at that time, Sheikh uh, Shaghuri, I believe, was still alive. And, um, and Sheikh Nuh Hamim Keller used to hold weekly gatherings. And he used to hold other drus as well. And he wasn't that inaccessible. He was quite accessible. So I did attend a few of his kind of gatherings and things like that and met him on a few occasions whilst I was in Damascus. This is the kind of time Imam Zaid Shakir was in Damascus. Um, you know, they, they, it's an overlap those years. Several people were in Damascus. Uh, Sheikh Saqib Shami came to Damascus at that time. I think Sheikh Asrar came a little later on. Um, but, you know, a lot of these people uh, were in, there was a, uh, a Sheikh Jihad was in Damascus at the time. There was, um, there's quite a few people who went back and became kind of shiuch and things like that. You know, it's amazing how <laughs> the paths are intertwined. <laughs> uh, right, so, right, somebody has asked, um, oh, right, have I frozen the, the face, the YouTube comments? One momento.
I'm thinking, how come nobody's uh, making any, how come nobody's commenting on YouTube? And that's because uh, be mindful of how you speak of awliya, such as uh, Muhammad al-Yaqubi. I like your videos, but please be respectful as he is an amazing scholar and he deserves more respect. <laughs> I've not got anything against Sheikh Yaqubi. Um, you know, to, to me, he's a sheikh, but you have to remember, look, to me, I don't see these people the way sometimes maybe you guys will see them or some of you guys, you know, to some of you guys, Sheikh Yaqubi is the, he is everything, you know, he's just like one step below being a prophet or something, you know, to, I've, I've seen people speak of Sheikh Yaqubi like, you know, they've told me that his Arabic, they feel is as good as the Jahiliya Arabic and his... <laughs> I've just heard what they've said and thought, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, to me, remember, I am in this hierarchy. As I say, I'm not in it. I am the hierarchy. <laughs> you see, I'm a mufti myself. And so whether I, I, I don't, I'm not into that piety game like they are and into the tasawwuf game of trying to get murids and disciples and things like that. But to be fair, I respect Sheikh Yaqubi, but I've not seen anything so massively revolutionary when it comes from knowledge from Sheikh Yaqubi. Um, maybe, like I've said before, maybe he has it, but he doesn't share it, or he maybe shares it in secret. I've not really ever seen any radical concepts being tackled. I've not seen how he tackles concepts like evolution or, or genetics or how he uh, how he tackles modern contemporary issues of atheism or how he deals with uh, things like the um, how is the Sharia to, to be really presented in this day. I suppose slightly deals with that. I accept that he has slightly dealt with that. And he's spoken against terrorism, which is great. But to be honest with you, everybody's spoken, most people have spoken against terrorism. So, you know, I don't, like I said, I'm not so wowed by Sheikh Yaqubi. I have respect for him. I, I know I did that video against uh, his Sahih al-Bukhari, which uh, I was like, that's a nutty, nutty. Because you know what? That was a little... <laughs> that was... Uh, but I, he didn't respond, by the way. I, I sent out an open invitation to respond to my criticism because he said something like, "I've what I've put in circulation is the most authentic copy of Sahih al-Bukhari. And I was like, uh... Uh, okay, <laughs> sorry, did you think nobody was going to question that claim? <laughs> I was like, what's authentic copy of Sahil Bukhari? You've just based it on the Sultania, which is what every other copy is based on. <laughs> so that was that was a, a little commercial stunt. But you see what my pro my thing is this. You see, you know, with my friends, my students, my um, whatever you want to call them, people who like me, admire me, I like to keep it real. I like people to, to 
you know, to, they pick me up on stuff. You know, they will disagree with me. You know, like I'm on my little kind of banter group with my lads. They disagree with me on several things. Not all of them. Some of them critically, like they will not agree with stuff and not out of spite or something like that. But, you know, and what, you know, they, <laughs> but that's good. Let it be because it makes me sometimes revisit things. And I'm glad that I've got friends and students who are like that. You know, they're not just people who are like, the, you know, trying to worship me or trying to kind of, because then I would just end up becoming a twat. Like, because I, you know, I would have no mirror to really look into. I would, I would never be able to take criticism because, you know, the first time I get critiqued, it would be like a shock. I'd be like, how dare you criticize me? But when you're getting criticized, and, and on that note, actually, that reminds me, I, I'd like to, to say that, uh, right, that I would like to say that, um, you know, I, re I spoke recently, a few weeks back, I spoke on um, consciousness. And I ended up speaking on things like uh, horoscopes and stuff like this. And I'd like to actually just say a few words on this. That following that, I you see, this is it. Like on the thing I said that I said that, look, um, you know, it's intriguing that the Chinese kind of years that people are born in that, let's say it's a particular animal, they say of this year and the characteristics, they seem above probability when you look at the characteristics. And I said, well, that's intriguing. And I said, sometimes you see star signs, even though horoscopes and how they predict things, I did say that, look, I don't believe in any of that. But I said, I find it intriguing that the characteristics of that they define, let's say Capricorn or Aquarius or the, these people with us are above probability. And, and I was just theorizing and I said, well, you know, if the Ruh is something out there and we kind of tap into it, could it be that when we're born, if it's in the cosmos, that the part of the cosmos nearest to the globe impacts the earth in some way as a theory? I said this and I, and I want to make an amendment. I stand corrected that, look, I want to be very clear. You see, I, I said that on a discussion and these are thoughts, you see. These are, look, we are human beings and we think. You know, I think about, I thought that that's interesting. It seems to be above probability. How could you theorize this? And then this is a prime example on the group. You know, some of their friends and students, uh, you know, they said, ah, oh, Mufti, you know, this, 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 what, what, and, and they're kind of critiquing my thing, criticizing it and, you know, saying, ridiculing it. <laughs> and obviously we've got a banter and, um, and so w what it did is it made me kind of go away and I've read up so much research. I read up several scientific papers, studies that had been carried out uh, on each study involving uh between two to three thousand participants there was one study with four thousand participants um, where they looked at things like horoscopes and different things and although they did find what i said that they found it above probability but they found the alternative they found also the opposite above probability which then cancelled out the first finding and so when i read that uh, I was kind of like, you know, I stand corrected that there is no theory and, and it's actually just utter, 
utter nonsense in that way. I mean, I said before I felt that the horoscopes in and of themselves were nonsense, but I felt that these things were above probability. And when I read into the scientific papers on it, I found that they were above probability, but the opposite was also above probability, and, and thereby cancelling each other out. So I did, I said on that group as well that I stand corrected, um, you know, and I want to amend that. I want to be very clear on that, uh, that these things are nothing but superstition. Uh, and and really, if, if Islam came with anything, it came to eradicate superstition. So, you know, and it's okay sometimes to have thoughts, to, to kind of entertain them. And that is part of our journey in learning. You know, we, uh, we, dis we think about things, we entertain them, and then we read up. And then we continue our kind of rigorous research and development and sometimes we'll, we'll not find anything there so we'll we'll kind of leave it and move on but yeah so all right all right Izzy you're doing it you do <laughs> right so um right so somebody has asked quite a few times uh right somebody here said he's a fake imam uh Admin, <laughs> can you uh, send that person to uh, <laughs> time out? You know, time out. <laughs> right, so somebody's saying about Islam being uniform. And somebody here with a Chinese name, uh, coronavirus. Shamma. <laughs> <laughs> right, so what do you think of the idea of Nikah Urfi? Zeba Khwaja has asked an interesting question. Could you find out the Prophet's blood group type? I don't know if that's possible, actually. I Honestly, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know whether, because don't blood groups don't... I don't think they carry through the way you know the way the kind of y chromosome will carry through or the mitochondrial dna will carry through i don't think the blood types carry through i think people kind of get diluted quite a bit but i you know i'm not really expansively studied blood types so i'm not really sure about that but it's interesting if blood types carry through. I know they carry through from parent to child, but because both parents are different and they're influencing, I'm assuming, the children on their blood groups. Somebody said, racist. <laughs> I'm not racist. That's <laughs> porque in Chinese. Right, but I got to say that is it just me or do the Chinese eat everything? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I love China. Zhonghua. <laughs> honestly, I wish I could really, once I kind of master the Spanish to expert level, I've got to go back to Zhongwen, uh, inshallah. Admin is having a Diet Coke break. Admin? <laughs> Donde estas? Where are you? What is going on? What is going on? Uh, 
Somebody said, oh, they like in the hit. All right. Somebody said, hey, at Apostate Prophet. Uh, ask Sheikh Yaqubi, lol. I don't know. What should I ask him? Uh, what did you tell your stylist? I just said, you know, I was just, I was like, yeah, you know, we need to up the game a bit. <laughs> need to keep ahead of the, I can't let people predict our next move. Have to be unpredictable. <laughs> right, so. Yeah, so somebody said the Zodiac traits are nothing more than superstitious. Fair enough, fair enough, yeah. I was just saying that, look, I said certain things and after looking at the research, I kind of recant that and I just wanted to say that because I said the first thing publicly, I wanted to say this. And I feel that there's no, you know, harm in people always entertaining new ideas, looking into the research and then, you know, if they, if they don't carry strength, leave them. So... Yeah, Mufti, let me know the answer. Admin is slacking. Wake up. Admin, what is going on? What's the... Jealous wife hadith. True ninja says jealous wife hadith. Which is the jealous wife hadith? I don't know. Jealous wife? <laughs> right, so what is... Uh... Shadma says, uh, Mufti, do the carpets match the dress? <laughs> I'll have to check. Check. <laughs> Let me just check right, uh, check right here. Probably. <laughs> Isn't that like a worst nightmare sometimes to think, uh, yeah, what if we're <laughs> out of our mind and we go live <laughs> why would we be out of our mind though oh Haris G Haris Sultan do you think if we dug out the Prophet Muhammad's dead body what would it be like do you think it would be consumed by insects or hmm. it's an interesting question you see the question is that there's a hadith that the earth does not consume the prophets. Is this hadith literal? I think that there's two ways of understanding that hadith. One is in the literal sense, as many Muslims do. But I believe you don't have to understand it literally, that the other understanding is equally valid. And what that means is that the prophet's efforts do not go to waste that the way because you know when we say oh like you know mitti kage you know like the person was just eaten up by the soil like as, as in he was just just ruined and destroyed and and that's it there's nothing left of the person and i think personally perhaps the prophet meant it more like that that you know, that this, that the Anbiya, even those who suffered, that their bodies were not consumed by the soil. That it meant that their efforts, even if, you know, you look at Zachariah or you look at, you know, some of these prophets and the struggles they had or John the Baptist and, you know, if Yahya and, and you might think, well, you know, was it successful that it still was, even if they struggled? That's that's what I, I'm more um, in line with that.
What's the uh, definitely the real apostate? What what what? Are, I've missed some of these. Uh, Haris Sultan, this is not a place for your Islamophobic propaganda. <laughs> oh, is that apostate prophet? All right, was I didn't realize apostate prophet was uh, uh, was on here. Could a specimen be taken from his dead body or the soul from? Or the soil from his grave to do a lab test to find out the blood group type. Zeba, no, I mean the blood would have long, uh, you know, it would not be there. You wouldn't find blood in bodies um, after a certain period of time. Uh, what you're talking about is more the ancestral kind of lineage of, be of you know, doing research, tracking the Arab haplotype, and then I believe the Arab haplotype is is it J1. Uh, and then you'd be looking at the sub kind of groups and the subclades and you'd see you'd kind of have to do a certain amount of research to track it down to let's say Quraysh. Um, I believe it is possible to track the prophets uh, kind of um, kind of genetic uh, haplogroup and see who's related like that but I don't think blood types would uh, be that easily I, but once again I'll have to look into this but I don't think that's how blood types are that easily kind of detectable um, when it's ancestral because they could be mixed quite a bit along the way right is it a bad trait for wives is it a true hadith it's a bad trait well, I don't understand the question where was the prophet born the prophet was born um, in uh, in Mecca. Um, now it's a party. Alright. What's up, people? What's going on? Why am I blocked from YouTube? Siraj saying, why am I blocked from YouTube? Ah, I don't know because... Oh, you mean like put in timeout? Uh, I don't know. Well, the admin is right there. Right, so, life after death by freezing them. That's an interesting question, you see. Uh, Stephen Fry? Stephen Fry is a legend. I, I love Stephen Fry. Um, not in that sense, but <laughs> I, I love his mind. I love his some, some of his discussions. Um, they're amazing. Amazing. And I think people get freaked out because these people are atheists. But I, I don't think you should be freaked out. I think it's a, a testimony to human talent. You see, because I think in many ways man has been destined to kind of become Homo Deus. <laughs> you know, the leap from Homo sapien to Homo Deus. I think, don't you think in some ways, like if you read the Quran, that Allah is almost, God is kind of... Uh, laying it out illustrating that this is what will happen that human beings will rise like even the story with adam like some verses it's almost like you know you don't know what's yet to come with this you know insan is just something else man oh <laughs> just look what humans have done where we've got to it's amazing isn't it it's just like Wow, when you think about, you know, when you think about it, us and other mammals, and look what we've done, how we're fathoming the cosmos, 
the quantum world bloody oh my god it's it's honestly it's just wow and this is very in sun you know it's a uh, so i i'm just so wowed by the human phenomenon and and i think in some ways the quran kind of predicts that that you know that insan will do that it's almost his his kind of doomed destiny to become a god you know not not a godlike god god with a capital g but kind of like like almost like the the mythical gods of the greek gods and you know these kind of powerful beings on that walk the earth these kind of titans and i don't know and i feel we're borderline kind of there you know the the, the knowledge we carry with us the transport the way things are already working it's a uh, i mean these things if you haven't read the book homo deus or sapiens i do recommend it right so right what is somebody said siraj Huck. all right <laughs> he's been blocked out why am i blocked from youtube what have i done what have i done judge saab judge saab tarikh pe tarikh tarikh pe tarikh <laughs> that's a famous dialogue from a bollywood movie that i just he says i keep getting a date after a date in court <laughs> what i don't get is justice i just get another date all <laughs> uh, right so let's take mm -hmm. how did the prophet's wedding look like i well, that no i mean what what i don't know what you you see these phenom these kind of events were much more natural than you would anticipate so on many occasions the prophet got married or companions got married and other people didn't know until they told them so they just said you know this is uh you know that oh i got married so for example there's the story in termidhi where you know the arabs had this custom where they would put a bit of you know actually indians and pakistanis do it as well i don't know if arabs do it but they put a bit of color like a bit of yellow or a bit of on the on the groom when the nikah is done and uh, and so there's a similar incident i believe it's abdurrahman ibn auf i think who gets married but in the hadith he, uh, the companion comes and he and the prophet says oh what's this color that i see this on you this kind of stain and he says oh i just got married and the prophet says oh really oh great that's great he says you know congratulate why do you give a walima give a, a little feast you see what's interesting is what the prophet didn't say is ah you didn't invite me oh you know they, now you know people have this thing that oh you know they think everything's about them <laughs> so that's something that's a lesson in that hadith the other thing is that it goes to show that you see think about it these people lived with the prophet and they were getting married and they didn't invite the prophet because to them it was just a very natural thing all right so somebody has asked can you please answer my question uh sarah has asked the question but i don't know what the question is uh here comes takfir on mufti 2020 
<laughs> I've long had takfir, man. I've had so much takfir. Uh, what if somebody's asking Malo Sal? <laughs> Mal Sal. <laughs> ah, Malo Sal. Doesn't that kind of mean in a, like just bad salt? But uh, the what are my opinions on uh, Javed Ghamadi? Allama Javed Ghamadi Saab. I have nothing but love and admiration for Allama Saab. Right, so somebody, meanwhile, the guy with the Chinese font has said, <laughs> You were so engrossed in ching chonging. <laughs> Who? Me? No, you. You? You? You is blind? No, you is deaf. <laughs> Me is blind. Me is blind. <laughs> do I have to play that uh, Jackie Chan clip over here? Right, what do I think of Urfi Nikah? Consent is just getting consent before sexual activities. Donde esta la cama? Actually, you know what? Cama, which is bed, do you think it has a link with the Sanskrit? Kama, love. Mm. This one is for the philologists. <laughs> they could be, you know, <laughs> from the <laughs> the famous <laughs> Kama Sutra, the the sacred teachings. Right. So, well, what do we think about uh, Nikah Urfi? You see, look, Nikah Urfi is when a person is having a. Uh, they're having a marriage. It depends, you see. You're having your kind of legitimizing a relationship without any official registration. Which I, I think, if that's what you mean by it, I don't have a problem with that. In fact, to be honest with you, I'm not necessarily so fond of registrations. <laughs> People will be like, what the hell? What the hell did Mufti just say there? <laughs> You see, because I, I don't know, because I just feel that, you see, kind of marriage registrations are just such a headache. I just feel, I don't know, like I feel that if you want to leave a relationship, it takes like two years to leave it. And can you imagine that kind of hostility during those two years? That would just be a nightmare. It'd be like, you know, just, uh, that. I mean, I, I've not been through that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just vicariously living these nightmares. <laughs> you know, as Mark Twain said, he said, I've been through some... Uh, he said, I've been through... Uh, well, what was the quote that... He said, I've been through some very difficult times in my life, some of which actually happened. <laughs> Because <laughs> the thing is that a lot of what we worry about sometimes or people preoccupy their thoughts with never really happens. You know, it's just in our in our thoughts. But yeah, so anyway, not that I've been thinking about this. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying I've 
obviously I, I like I used to do a lot of counseling before and I used to do different things and the amount of things you see out there and I just feel mm, not a big fan that's all uh, yeah but I, I'm still that said look I get the fact if a person wants registration then they should just be clear that look we want registration that's how this is going to go down <laughs> fine take it leave it there you go <laughs> So that's that. So I'm not kind of saying that you shouldn't. I'm just saying these are my thoughts on it. You know, I'm allowed to have an opinion. Come on. <laughs> this saying a Nazi state. <laughs> right. So. Right. Mufti refute uniform beliefs which are promoted by Mufti Menk. I'm not here to refute Mufti Menk. Um, but I'm not sure what um, uniform beliefs means. What do we mean by uniform beliefs? Like, do we mean everybody just have one belief in Islam? See, that's never going to happen, people. You see, in Islam, we need unity, not uniformity. We don't need to be insecure. It's okay, man. Like, you can believe something different. So what? Like, I mean, why, why does it bother me? Like, I mean, like, I mean, I get the fact I could be passionate about my belief and I want you to kind of believe how I could, I get that. But why am I so obsessed if you don't? That's just an insecurity. Like, so, and Muslims are not going to believe identically, for God's sake. I mean, even if there were 10 Muslims, we would disagree in beliefs. So what do you think if there's almost two billion so yeah so now somebody said look uh no registration cheap and cheerful right i want to add a caveat oh, rather to what i said about the the marriages you see i uh, i'm not fond of these kind of secret kind of marriages like that um, in which especially people use it to kind of just do over the women and kind of take advantage of of their situation so i i do believe clearly if a couple you know like each other and they want to be in a relationship i do believe it's nobody else's business okay but where somebody kind of pulls one over the other and just kind of dupes her into kind of some promise of a long relationship and then thinks i know i'm gonna do this undercover one which i'm gonna just finish just like this and i think that is wrong and it is cruel okay i think in that case you should just be clear that look we're not gonna have a relationship like that i'm gonna this is all i can offer this is all i can do in that case, I would even, because I don't believe muta is haram, uh, just like some of the Malikis like Ibn Ashur and, you know, nowadays the contemporary Ibn al-Azraq and other people didn't believe it's haram. I would say in that case, just do muta. You know, if, if you are so concerned about having just a nikah, but don't deceive, because to me, the deception is greater than zina in and of itself. Because you see, with that deception, what you're doing is you're breaking a person's trust and it's not just her trust you're breaking you're breaking her kind of hope 
in relationships. Because what will happen is that woman will just become kind of like a scarred individual that will no longer be able to trust future relationships and always maybe maybe have trust issues and 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 go on like this becomes a lifelong scarring so so in that case i would actually feel that the, the harm that is done in that is greater than the harm of zina like it's not like so and muta is not zina anyway it's it's an actually you know it's considered okay by so many islamic scholars but i'm not saying you should you need to do muta but i'm what i'm trying to say is you should just if that's the case you should just man up and just say as it is you know don't like don't deceive people so i just want to be clear on that because i feel um I feel that that's an, 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 an issue sometimes. Cool, let's take some other questions. Salam from Australia. All right. People, I've got a, actually a mas'ala I wanted to share with you guys. Um, as part of tonight's... Um, I'm still researching this, but I thought I'd share it. You see, this is to do with Jesus. Alayhi <laughs> salam. And the Last Supper. And what got me thinking about this was a discussion I was having with uh, Ustad Yasin, who's, he comes online quite a bit as well, actually, uh, who's involved in a lot of the Rukia kind of exposés and, uh, or the Rukia kind of investigation, sorry, it's a better word, and research. And he, we had this discussion that there were just some thoughts and it got me thinking, and I've been looking ever since that, I feel more, I don't know, but this is how I'm looking at it now, that Suratul Ma'idah in the Qur'an, the Surah to do with the Ma'idah, which people often perceive as the table, but the Ma'idah can also be the feast, I feel was referring or in relation to the Last Supper of Jesus. And I've been thinking about this. Is the audio playing up? Right, just one moment. Un momento, un momento. You know, I didn't... One moment. All right, is that any better? Is that is that clear now, or is that you sound like a rickshaw? <laughs> you know, I is that better? Let me see. Jesus didn't like where this was going, so he <laughs> not working. So okay, somebody said perfect. Somebody said good. Okay, I'm taking it as that's better now. So. As I was saying, I've been thinking about this, and I f feel more and more that the Ma'idah, Surah Al-Ma'idah, which is speaking not of the table, but of the feast, is referring to the Last Supper of Jesus. You see, because the Last Supper of Jesus was the Passover, it was the Pasach. Now, 
which is a, a kind of a commemorative, I mean, it's not a feast, but it's meant to be a kind of commemorative uh, feast, if you or meal, uh, which has a lot of s symbolic rituals to do with the Israelites escaping, uh, you know, from the Pharaoh and the whole thing. So they eat the unleavened bread and they go through different things. Now, Right. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to come to that question. Right. So the, now I've been thinking about this and when you think about it, the, uh, the Hawariyin, the disciples say that, is it possible that your Lord, that he sends a feast? Now people have understood this to be an actual, like he sends it down from the sky. But was that what they meant or did they mean the ruling four? Because you see the, the, the Passover meal wasn't really a feast. Like they didn't go all out and love the food and do things like that necessarily. It was very ritualistic. And they say Takunu Eidan and this uh, the Passover in Arabic is called Eidul Fisah. Yeah. Now they say Takunu Eidan li awalina wa li akhirina wa ayata mink and a sign from you. Now I feel that because Jesus was changing many of the Israelite kind of laws, the Jewish laws, they were asking him that look, can you can we have a feast to remember for all times? And they were more perhaps interested in food and that this could be like, you know, hailed as one of the greatest feasts that we have had. But what Jesus gave them was more symbolic and it was more like an ayah, like he obviously the unleavened bread and, and he said, this is my body and, and this is obviously my blood. and. And what he gave them was a sign and that one of them, Judas, Isaacariot, will betray him and telling them that one of you will betray me. So I've just been looking into this more and more. And this thing about Anzil Alina, that send down, does this mean actually descend as in send down? Or as Allah says that, you know, Ya Bani Adam, that we anzalna alaykum libasan that we sent down for you clothing but this didn't mean we sent down actual clothes that clothes came down from the sky and they became ready made and we just popped them on it meant i sent down for you the guidance to take and the knowledge to take clothing or the ruling to take clothing and or the know-how that's what it means. And when Allah says, Anzalna al-Hadid, I sent down iron. Now, one could argue with the formation of the earth, it came down, but here, as in for you to benefit from it. So, Anzalna doesn't always mean in the sense that it's physically coming down. Okay. When they say, send down this Ma'ida, and a Ma'ida is a, a kind of table, but it's more the food on it. Okay, this is the Ma'idah. So I do feel more and more that the Last Supper 
was the Maida, but maybe because previous Muslims weren't that, I mean, maybe they were familiar with the story or perhaps they weren't with the Last Supper that much, that it seems to be completely out of our narrations. Whereas maybe it wasn't, it was actually this verse of the Quran may have been indicating or referring a kind of like an, uh, an in, just inferential data, but it's kind of, there's something there about the Last Supper. Cool. Right, Zeba Khwaja has asked a question. Haris Sultan is getting blocked. Yeah, Haris, <laughs> Haris apna Sultan <laughs> Admin saab, zara bakhsh dijiye, bakhsh dijiye Haris saab ko. Haris is uh, very well behaved. He's not like, he's not a troll or anything. But Zeba had asked a question. She said, are these questions wrong or too personal to ask a woman when dating for marriage? Last time you had sex. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, you know that uh, the the narration. Right, I've just taken, I've just done whistle from it right now. <laughs> When's the last time you had to? Abi abi, you know, just oh, <laughs> the last time in this hour, the last time in this day, the last time in this. <laughs> right, so what's uh? Uh, what's number of partners? <laughs> Cha, what's the body count? <laughs> three digits, four digits. <laughs> yeah, three digits can each other bati nahi karte. You know, we don't. <laughs> four di what, what kind of expertise level, <laughs> what level have you had unlocked? <laughs> what else? Civil, Urfi, Mut'a, Color, Caste, Country, Dean of Expos. Zeba, gee. I think, you see, the problem is, I, you know, personally, if you, you see, I think person, a person can ask whatever they want. There's no prohibition in Islam in what you want to ask someone. But some common sense would say that I would say generally in my experience uh, of people, um, I have found most people not to take well to the answers of these things. I wouldn't personally advise that one goes into these things. This is just my experience. You see, personally, it wouldn't bother me as a person. Um, I'm not fussed about, like, these things don't bother me, I'm just saying, in fact, we were having a discussion a couple of days ago about something like this, and you see, these things, to me as a person, don't bother, but I know so, so many people, I would say, in fact, I would feel the majority of the people become so disturbed, like, if they know that this, especially when it's a man towards a woman, so as in, if they found out the woman had, had, you know, a bunch of partners, they become really insecure. And I think that's what it is. It's insecurity. And they, you know, they, they, it will ruin that relationship. This is in my experience that most people are not mature enough uh, to handle it. Like, it doesn't matter how mature they think they are. Most people are not. So I would just not go into that. Okay. I would say that 
I would advise, and this is not like I'm not giving Islamic advice. I'm just giving from my experience of having, you know, dealt with so many people's relationships that I would say that don't ask about these kind of things and don't, if asked, it's better to say that, look, these things are in the past. Yeah, I mean, you can say, yeah, look, I've been in a prior, I've been in relationships, you know, of course, I'm not. You know, somebody that's never been in a relationship, but I'm interested in a relationship now and this is what's going on. That's what I would say, um, because and then the air of suspicion, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> and then on the wedding night, <laughs> the person's like, he's like a complete uh, anadi. He has like no idea what's going on <laughs> and she's like at expert level <laughs> i think i've told you the story before haven't i this uh, since it's uh, past midnight and it's live and unrestricted so <laughs> there's, a, there's a story i've shared it before i'll share it again what the hell so there was this guy and he wanted to get married but he's completely inexperienced and uh, so they say to him that, don't worry, you know, we'll, we'll sort you out, we'll hook you up with someone. So they find this girl, but the thing is, she, she had, <laughs> she used to be like, uh, in this, in this story, one of the biggest kind of the top scale kind of prostitutes there were. So she was on an epic of a biblical proportion, <laughs> you know, like from the whores of Babylon. She was like rivaling them. So she says that, look, you know what it is? I want to, I want to go straight. I want to stop all of this. So, so they say, well, this is perfect timing. We're going to, you know, there's a guy, he's very, he's a simpleton, but you know, he'll be great. You, why don't you just get married to him? So they say, all right, let's set this up. So they tell her, oh, but you know what? you got to act like you're a virgin. <laughs> but he wouldn't know because he's never, he's a virgin himself and completely inexperienced. So, so she says, yeah, all right, cool. So they say, you know what? you got to kind of act all shy and do all the, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they say, all right, cool. So now the guy's all prepped and they get married and it's the wedding night. So, you know, they're there, they have the little kind of discussion and they want to be intimate. So the guy's obviously his first time. So he, they get at it and, you know, they disrobe. <laughs> they choose to one disrobes. <laughs> and as they begin <laughs> the, the act of intimacy, uh, the guy kind of, <laughs> he, uh, he he kind of he thrusts shall we say and as he thrusts she screams and he screams <laughs> so they ask so he asks her that why did you scream and she says well uh, what it is is that you know I'm obviously I'm, I'm a virgin it's my first time and you know oh it's it's natural <laughs> <laughs> so he goes oh, oh okay oh oh yeah of course of course of course so then she goes oh yeah but why did you scream <laughs> and he says no you know it's my first time and i i'd kind of obviously i'd <laughs> entered and as i thrust it 
as I kind of put my back into it. <laughs> he says my testes kind of went in as well. <laughs> so people, that's <laughs> humor, people, humor, humor. <laughs> right, so anyway, but I think these kind of questions are very immature to to ask people for relationships people can ask whatever they want it's not necessarily haram but i think uh it's it's not wise at all all right let's take some of the questions people passover meal is a made-up story we should not believe it happened okay <laughs> right fine <laughs> don't know why you'd feel wait did jesus give them alcohol why not? Alcohol wasn't haram for for you know for Jesus or his companions. It, alcohol is not haram for Christians. Or why would we think alcohol has always been haram? It has not. Uh, this is my blood. Is pagan culture? Okay, sure, sure. It could be. It could be. I was just saying that. Right. Oh, Malo Sal gave a, a good. He added to that one. Zalna lakum minasamai thamaniyata azwajin. Yeah, of course, from the um, from the pairs of animals, Allah says we sent down. But it doesn't mean we sent down like that. Meaning that the diversity has manifested through us allowing diversity. Right. Right. Okay. So, what is going on? Uh, more knowledge and safe. The ruling had changed. Yes. Yeah, so, alcohol is. And I'll tell you something interesting. Let me share something with you. You know, Ibn Ashur, the great, uh, who I have ijazah through Sheikh Bukhubza that I was speaking of, the great legend of the 20th century and he was called the Sheikh al-Islam of that era. He, his tafsir is in 30 volumes. He was the Grand Mufti of the Malikiyah, the Sheikh al-Islam in Tunis. Um, now he writes in his tafsir that if a person, for example, their parents were Christians and they would, part of their um, regular spending was on, or part of their diet, they depended on was alcohol like it was a necessary part i'm not saying they were alcoholic necessarily but they it was a stipulated part of their diet that they would always bring part of their shopping he said that it would be an obligation for as it is for a, ch uh, a child to uh, when they mature when they're adults to support their parents if in all kinds of support physical moral financial but what he says is that if part of that was that they needed alcohol he has it's a duty on the child man or woman to provide them money to buy alcohol you see and that is the sheikh al-islam people yeah many you know people blame me <laughs> don't shoot the messenger <laughs> that was the sheikh al-islam of the 20th century Ibn Ashur so it's just that we've got we're so sensitive that we've got this kind of mixed up uh, 
why wasn't alcohol haram? Because it wasn't haram. Alcohol's not always been haram. Why was the Prophet called Masih? Masih means the anointed one. And it's to do with, really, uh, I believe it's to do with um, John the Baptist, um, Yahya, who would kind of anoint people, he would baptize them with water. And, and as they would anoint their hair, that they became known as being kind of baptized by him. And Jesus obviously is baptized by John the Baptist and has a very um, profound, like an, uh, uh, a strong relationship with John the Baptist, uh, with Sayyidina Yahya salam. So it's from here, from being anointed, uh, that he becomes known as the anointed one, the one who's kind of anointed with, uh, generally it was water, but they may have used some kind of olive oil and things like this as well, whilst anointing. But that's where it comes from, okay, the Messiah, to kind of do Masah. Right, so, he, what questions are going on? Do you think of theory of uh roger penrose's theory of cyclic universe i have to read more into that i've got some of his books i think you know sir roger penrose is a genius honestly wow he and it's a shame really that we as muslims don't really benefit from these people like what have you ever heard of a muslim ever inviting people like sir roger penrose How, even on social activism do Muslims invite people like Noam Chomsky? I mean, we don't, you know, we seem to be so insular. Like, if they're not Muslim, like, we don't seem to want anything to do with them. And that is such a loss. I mean, these people are legends. I love what his theory on, you know, the whole um, how consciousness is most likely at a um, quantum level. It's, it really resonates with me. Right, so what is going on? I am a Sunni Muslim who decided to follow the Hanafi Madhab. Well, that's fine. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Mal made me a follower of the Maliki Madhab. The Maliki Madhab is awesome. It does rock, i got to say. Right. Fraudi Fraudi Yar Haris Chi Kozara Rene <laughs> Harris is is cool. <laughs> don't don't block him. Don't don't kind of put him in timeout or anything. Right. What a uh, right. So right. What's Birmingham like to live in? I don't. You see, because to me it's a nice place. You know, I sometimes I, I read about sometimes the kind of crime that's been going on and stuff like this. And you don't I don't see it, but I read about it. And obviously it's sad to 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 read about stuff like that, that is becoming, you know, once Birmingham, I remember reading maybe about a decade ago or something like that, maybe about a dozen years ago or something that it was one of the friendliest places um, in the UK, one of the friendliest cities, sorry in the UK and I don't know I mean I still feel it's friendly but I 
it is sad to read about the amount of kind of crime that you read about the the kind of drug thing drugs just ruin lives honestly they ruin the drug culture this is why i actually support that the government ought to legalize things like weed and because i feel that they should just people who want it they should just be able to get it you understand avoid this kind of drug dealing culture because it's just ruined so many lives all right all right is is saying i'm out peace man peace people let's when is the next Komse Khitab? <laughs> this person's uh, name, username is The Mother. <laughs> you know, I watched this clip of some American lady, and I don't know if you guys have seen it, it was viral, but she's swearing in it. She's saying, like, Mother. But the way she says it with so much, you mother, the way, mother. <laughs> she's in some supermarket. And she's and she's trying to preach about Jesus. She's saying you need to accept Jesus Christ. You mother, you accuser. <laughs> she's telling this other guy who's just shopping, and the guy's like, "Look, I I just want to, you know, do you mind?" And then she just flips. It's like some kind of schizophrenic. Like she, she goes, "Oh," and he and he goes to her, "Look, don't you think you're sinning?" Like because she, she says to him that you know you're going to go to hell for your sins. And he says, don't you think you're sinning? You know, you're swearing and all this. And she goes, you, 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 don't you accuse her, you mother. And the way she says it, mother, <laughs> you accuser of the brethren, you accuser. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious, man. God. I mean, that clip is, I mean, I think she's mentally, she's clearly mentally unstable. <laughs> the funny thing is she's trying to preach about God. <laughs> See, this is the problem. Uh, this is why people then attack religion as a whole. Even though, to be fair, it's not religion's fault because these people have mental health issues. But then they, for some reason, get drawn. People with mental health issues can get drawn to religion. Maybe because it offers them absolutes and things like this. I don't know, that would make an interesting study. Why are people that are sometimes quite neurotic and quite uh, mentally unstable easily drawn towards religion? Yeah, she was a complete nutcase. Sheikh, did you see my question? True ninja? No, I didn't. Abu Layth, what made you choose the Maliki Madhab? As I said before, the Maliki Madhab chose me, people. Allah. School of Medina, I honestly, I found it to be a school that is one built with the understanding of ease, that the deen complements your life. It doesn't kind of impede it. And that to me was, that is how I understand the deen. Should we make differences between the prophets, say one is better than the other? Um... I mean, you see, there is a hadith where the Prophet said that, you know, لا تفضلوني على يونس بن That, you know, don't say I'm better than Jonah, you know, Yunus ibn Matta. And don't say, you know, I'm better than so-and-so. And, and the Prophet said, you know, in the afterlife we'll see Moses will be there when nobody will. And he, he praises Moses, alayhi salam. Now, I think, 
You see, I think, and then there are some where the Prophet praises some of the Prophets. You know, when somebody says to the Prophet, oh, you're Kareem ibn Kareem, you know, a generous, but like an amazing person, son of an amazing person. And he says that uh, Yusuf ibn Yaqub ibn Ishaq, that's a Kareem ibn Kareem ibn Kareem. You know, giving him an elevated maqam. And then some of the Prophets have been you know, like the verse of the Quran, Tilka Rusul Fadalna Ba'dahum Alaba. You see the, so Allah has obviously there seems to be some who are greater than others. So I think in some ways it can be done if it's highlighting certain merits, but it shouldn't be done in a degrading manner to kind of like put down prophets. That's all. Uh, right. What is going on? What's happening with me Facebook? Gente? Why, where are the questions? Somebody's asking if alcohol wasn't haram in Jesus's time, why is it haram now? I suppose it's a different Sharia, isn't it? Somebody's so desperately asking, is it permissible to have a girlfriend? <laughs> like he's gonna, like he's gonna really uh, listen to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, you know what? I'll just cancel that. I'll just go into those DMs and delete them. Huh? <laughs> because Mal Mufti Abu Late said so. <laughs> Since when do I wield this kind of power? <laughs> mm hmm. وَكُلُّهُمْ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ مُلْتَسِمِ غَرْفًا مِنَ الْبَحْرِ أَوْ رَشْفًا مِنَ الْدِيَمِ Allah, Allah, Allah. Hmm. Right, so what is going on? What is going on? Your mom and sisters are your friends. Huh? Your mom and sisters are your friends. Uh, okay. <laughs> What game are we playing? Yeah, yeah, you can't see. Well, I need to know the rules of the game. <laughs> right, so, Mufti, someone asked a few times about Salah being based on Zoroastrianism. Mufti, you're a breath of fresh air. Thanks for being. Shukran, shukran, Inaya, shukran, shukran. Gio, Gio. You know, may Allah keep you smiling. Right, so, right, coming to this question, Beej Price has asked, Mufti Abu Alpha, oof, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> Just gassing me for no reason. Huh? <laughs> right, so, Al YouTube, somebody asked, is Salah based on Zoroastrianism? Look, Salah isn't based on, no, sorry, let me get this right. Salah is how we have it today. That's the most important thing. Where did it come from? Do you think Salah was invented by the Prophet A to Z? Of course it wasn't. The people of Arabia were already offering Salah. They used to already pray. You know, what, what, what do you think? How do you think, like in Bukhari, there's a hadith where it mentions that the Prophet was praying and they came and threw entrails, the, the camel entrails on his back and Fatima comes and removes them. Now, do you think they didn't know what he was doing? Like, 
they've never seen a sujood and a ruku and they were like what is this person doing it's like imagine imagine nobody had prayed in i don't know in let's say switzerland and nobody they'd never seen a muslim in their life never seen salah and all of a sudden all of a sudden um uh, some guy comes and he starts going like this and he goes Allahu Akbar like it would be weird like what is this person doing they wouldn't know what he's doing they would think it's some kind of ritual but they wouldn't understand it the the kuffar of Quraysh weren't reacting like that to the prophet's prayer they knew that he was praying they knew the prayer like it wasn't so the people already prayed the difference is that yes the salah was slightly modified over time like they changed some variations like maybe the salam was kind of varied maybe they uh, added a certain recitation they did certain things but they did know that they were praying oh there was a time when they could talk during salah but then they kind of stopped that so there were certain modifications that were made now where did the arabs pick up the salah from do you think they could have picked it up from zoroastrians as well or have had it influenced by zoroastrians it's very likely there's nothing wrong with this because by the time it's reached us it is now a it is now a salah it is an islamic salah it's it, it's kind of uh, evolutionary origin is not of a huge concern at this stage okay so right now uh all right, Zebaji, what is going on? Can you recall your discussion with Noman Ali Khan about the Idda period and women degree, the eye and conditions mentioned, and maybe play the clip? Okay, the clip I think would be too long to play right now uh, over here. I th I've got a, a recorded discussion where I'm speaking with Noman Ali Khan. I think it's about half an hour long or something. But I do discuss the uh, these things separately as well on clips. You see, um, the Idda period, I've highlighted that the Idda period, according to the scholars, is generally either one menstrual cycle or three menstrual cycles. Now, yes, it is true that it is to do with pregnancy, but I have said that I do believe there's other wisdoms. And part of the wisdoms is almost like a kind of social grace period in which you see it allows people to kind of get over things because let's say let's say you had a divorce today because let's go by the common world cultures because islam is for everywhere it's not just for i don't know amsterdam or new york or paris or london it's so it's for everywhere rural villages you know rural parts of the world countrysides you know, all kinds of people, Bedouins, nomads, uh, very kind of also rougher kind of people, and even in cities, urban folk. You see, let's say a relationship ended today. Let's just say, and the woman tomorrow, so it ended tonight, somebody finds out, proposes to the guy, uh, to the girl, to the guy, all right, fair enough. <laughs> 2020 why not <laughs> right so proposes to the girl tomorrow she accepts it 
And the guy says, you know what, actually, I want to get this over and done with ASAP. How about we get married in the evening? Now, can you just imagine the social unease that that would create? Even though they're well within their right, one could argue, to do that. But, you know, what would happen in a lot of cultures, people will say, oh, the only reason we broke up was because you were having an affair with him anyway. And how long was that going on during our relationship? And, and even if it wasn't going on, but people, they just don't accept these things. Even in these societies, even in, you know, very liberal, Western, developed, humanistic societies, have you seen, you just have to see online how people take so harshly to relationships breaking down. They do things like, just the other day I was watching something on Instagram, a clip where the guy had smashed the woman's car up, smashed all her windows, damaged her car, done all of this because they broke up. And and vice versa, I've seen where women have kind of like clips on, on Instagram or things where they've kind of graffitied the car and and people don't take kindly to the because in you see when a relationship breaks down, what's happening at a subconscious level you have to understand this on the recipient's end. So let's say a person says, <laughs> let's say, let's say you're saying, you know what? It's not you. It's me. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. It's me. You know, we, <laughs> I'm not right for this relationship. We need to call it, we need to call it quits. Let's go our own way. Now you may say something really nice. Like you may say something like, look, I've realized this is bringing the worst out of us. And you know, we're better off without each other. Now, what the other person subconsciously is also receiving is, is rejection. You see, they're not just, it's not just that you are saying, let's end the relationship. You are rejecting them. You're saying, I no longer accept you as a valid candidate or a valid person to have a relationship with. You're not, the person may not be saying that, but subconsciously the message of rejection is being received. And that is difficult regardless where people are. You know, the ego that people have, they suffer. They, rejection is really difficult to handle. And so the idda serves a purpose. Like, let there be a little grace period. Like, it's much better at a social cohesion. And there may be pregnancies as well. You know, which can also, and there's other wisdoms as well. And the, the woman often took um, maintenance and things like this in the past. And, and sometimes it was a grace period which allowed to make amends. Because sometimes people felt, you know what, actually, over these past two months, you know, I've thought. And often, have you noticed that the, the, it, actually stip, it actually guides that the woman should do the idda in the man's house? <laughs> And you know what's going to happen, what may happen there, like it's been two months, the guy's like, wakes up all of a sudden, <laughs> testosterone <laughs> is through the roof. <laughs> He's like, huh? I wake up and my deputy's awake before me. <laughs> He's just making sure, <laughs> holding up the fort. <laughs> and since Babu Bhai is deaf and blind, <laughs> And someone book monomion doesn't listen to anyone. So you see, sometimes people 
they just make amends with their relationship. They think, you know what, actually, you know what, we actually had an okay relationship. And so I think, and it doesn't have to be that, but I'm just saying that there's, uh, there are sometimes, uh, there are sometimes um, certain wisdoms to a grace period, okay. And by the way, what I didn't mean by that is the guy is <laughs> forcing himself on the woman. I didn't mean that. What I meant is it may be, an, because when a woman stays in Idda in the man's house, technically she doesn't have to do hijab or anything. And it's still, and it may be a, a route to stay. It may not be, but I'm just saying that it may be something to reconcile. A person may, to be fair, look, I know, look, men and women were equal, but our brains and like our minds work differently. Yeah. And men are very, very visual when it comes to um, especially intimacy and sexual aspects. Now, I'm not saying women ain't visual, but men generally have, you know, a more significant part of the brain dedicated to just the sexual. Why do you think that that's all they think about every 11 seconds? <laughs> It's, we're cursed, goddammit. <laughs> right, so it could be that sometimes you have a break from someone and then you see them and you think, oh, wow, actually, <laughs> actually, wow, I never realised how beautiful she looks. <laughs> Why was I going ahead with this divorce, goddammit? <laughs> Not that it has to be about beauty. It could be about, oh, wow, I never realized she had such an amazing inner self. <laughs> Why is that funny? Why are you laughing? Anybody laughing? You misogynists, you. You, you catch them, there they are, there they are. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So there are wisdoms to these things, okay. But what I did mention with uh, with Ustad uh, Noman Ali Khan was this thing that, look, I feel that uh, women, you know, when they're on their menstrual cycle, they're not impure, okay. And I feel that, that the fact that they don't pray is just a dispensation from God. It's not a kind of sign of impurity. Okay, and I'm very clear about that. Okay, I disagree with uh, um, things like, um, you know, people saying that women become impure, that they, they're kind of like dirty all of a sudden or something like this. That's not true. That, yes, Allah has given them a gift that they don't have to pray or fast. Because obviously they're going through a hormonal, a physical, imagine blood loss, imagine... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the comedian said, but it was true though. Like imagine bloody hell, like imagine every month we, <laughs> we discharged blood out of our penis. <laughs> Can you just imagine out of our private parts as men? Every, what the hell would, imagine blood. We're <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I don't think we would recover. That would be like, we'd be like, people gather around. <laughs> These are my final few moments on earth. <laughs> I thought I'd just let you all know that. <laughs> God, that's, 
so women go through this every um you know uh, and and so look it's this is something natural the hadith in bukhari says you know that uh, you know inna allah katabahu this is something Allah has written uh, through the laws of nature for the daughters of Eve and, and Adam. So it's nothing that, um, uh, you know, kind of like ugly in that sense. I mean, I, I understand that I'm not trying to say we can, whether you find it physically or uh, I'm not, I don't mean in that sense, but it's nothing impure as in like, Oh, this person, this woman can't go into a mosque now. This woman cannot touch a Quran. This is why Imam Malik said that the woman on, uh, when he was asked about the menses, he said she can read the Quran. She can touch the Quran. And yes, although back then they did advise about refraining from the masjids, but that's because back then they didn't have these kind of sanitary, um, you know, um, options. And, and it was more a hygiene issue as opposed to a purity issue. So, okay, so I hope that uh, somebody said he's high on weed, probably. <laughs> high on my own supply. I'm just like this by default, honestly. I'm, I'm like a bit, haven't you figured it out by now? I'm just really eccentric. <laughs> but I... Seriously, we would freak out though. Don't, come on, get real, guys. Wouldn't you freak out if, if bloody you saw blood coming out of your? <laughs> you freak the hell out. I, I mean, that would be something you never want to see in your life. That's like, <laughs> so that's a, that's kind of like I'm commending that. Look, wow, this is something women put up with. So we we shouldn't kind of be saying people shouldn't be saying that it's impure. That's wrong. Cool. All right. So let's. Uh, Let's move on, people. Let's move on. Let's move on. I'm being bombarded here. What are your views on Isalik? Oh, you know what? I haven't answered. I haven't taken a look at people's questions that they posted on my... That they posted on my post. Uh, did you guys see my... Uh? <laughs> did I just broadcast my, my pin? <laughs> Relationships <laughs> that are broken up over mobile phones. People, behave yourselves. This is why I say behave yourselves. Always make sure you've got double, triple locks. <laughs> Not, right? Make sure, make sure. You know something though? Let me give you some advice though. People, let me give you some relationship advice. I'll tell you what, that's, since we've been speaking a bit about relationships, Seriously, the amount of people I've spoken to that, you know, with things like mobile phones and other things, they've, their relationships, oh, is the audio messed up? All right, is that any better? Is that better, people? Yeah, I, I was just changing. 
I had to reset the thing. I have, is that better? Let me just get a confirmation first of all from the people. Um, if that's not better, I'll do that again. Uh, Mufti, it's your phone. It's my phone. Oh, is it causing its interference, you think? That could be an interesting point. I, I've, not, I've not thought of that. Okay, that's a good point, actually. Uh, right, okay, awesome. Right, uh, let me give you guys some... This is my personal thoughts on this. You can throw it in the bin. I, I don't... You know, I, I'm not saying it has to be right, but my thoughts. You know, the amount of people I've spoken to whose relationships have been ruined. Yeah. And... When I've spoken to them, they've said that, look, this happened, I looked at this phone, I did this, I, I spied on this partner, whether it was man or woman, spied on each other, investigated, and then it was ruined. I would say something that, look, if, let's say you do value someone in a relationship, if you suspect something, let's say you suspect something, like you think, you know what, I think something's been a bit off here. Is this person engaging an other? <laughs> you, know, you know, on that note, I just, I just remembered I read something where it said, uh, it's the wrong question to ask a man that are you in a relationship? Because <laughs> all men would respond with, no. <laughs> it said the question ought to be, that you need to ask the man, you need to ask a man, is there anybody in this world that could be under an assumption that they are in a relationship with you? <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the point. All right, so. Right, so, right, so the thing is that I just saw somebody post sound check. I hope the sound is fine. Right now, the what I would say is that if you suspect your partner is up to something, ask yourself a simple question. Say that, am I prepared to end this right now? Let's say it be true. Am I prepared? If your answer is yes, then pursue it and investigate it okay if your answer is no i don't i'm not really prepared to end this relationship then maybe in a an indirect way just or or bring it up somehow so the other person is aware that something is off that you feel something is off and that they Let's say whether they, they may not have been having an affair, but maybe they were flirting or maybe they were doing something or maybe they weren't or maybe, but they can kind of realign themselves. Okay. Um, because without, because, you know, the, just the other day I was speaking to this lady and she said to me that, oh, you know, I, she, her relationship had been ruined. And she said that, she had confronted her husband initially, or whatever, a while back about this 
uh, about having an affair or something. But she said that, you know, she said, I wish I never did. She said to me that, oh, you know, I, I said such and such to him, but I wish I hadn't. And he kind of then came clean with it. And she said, and then the whole thing was ruined. But she said, I wish I'd kind of just left it. Now, and maybe he would have just stopped it. Now, the, the interesting, you see, this just comes to my point that if you feel that, no, I am prepared to end it, then fine, end it. Like, just investigate. Because I feel that when... You see, when, when people go digging, more often than not, they find skeletons. Okay. Now, I know that's a bad thing to say because, in a way, it just shows that, you know, everybody's hiding something. Or most people are hiding something. And they shouldn't be, which I kind of agree with in theory, but in the real world, people are, unfortunately, by and large. So the question is that, but what are they? It may not be that serious, but it may be, it may not be. It may... So I don't know. This is what I feel that, you know, the amount of people I've spoken to, I would say that if you're ever find, if you find yourself at that crossroad, ask yourself, am I prepared to end this here and now? And if you should, should like, should the premise be true, am I prepared to end it? Like now. And if you say, yes, I am. I'm prepared to do that, then fine. But if you feel that, no, that I would, you know, I would really like this to work, then exposing certain things, remember, because once you go down a certain road, there is never a coming back. A broken mirror is never kind of it regains its original. I mean, you can fix it, but it will forever be kind of scarred with, with with its cracks and that's the nature of these kind of relationships once you once people this is why i said about earlier on when somebody said should you ask people how many people have you slept with and things like this because suspicion later on will kick in like can you imagine like if these people make amends after things like that any time that person is late they will straight away say, oh, are you, were you seeing such and such? Were you going back to, you know, it's, it's forever poison that well is. So, yeah, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know. These were just some thoughts I shared them because I, I felt that so many people have, I've discussed these things with. Mufti Abu Lays should be on Pal Talk. Isn't Pal Talk, like, way out of date? <laughs> um... Right, okay. Uh, Mufti should be on Pal Talk. Mm. Mufti, what made you... Ch oh, what's this about my appearance? Uh, since 2012, what made you change your appearance since 2012? Uh, that lecture isn't from 2012. That lecture is from 2005, I think or 2006 that was when i just came back from the madrasa cool people you know what let's call it a wrap you guys have been awesome right as always right so it's just we've gone on for so long i am totally exhausted honestly today i'd only had two hours sleep 
so much stuff going on, you know, this stuff, that stuff, home stuff, family stuff, other things, work stuff, just, <laughs> I would share it with you guys, but as I often say, let there be mystery in life. You shouldn't share everything. <laughs> what I can share is that I'm totally exhausted. I need to just melt right now <laughs> into a deep sleep. People, muchas gracias for tuning in, for sticking right through. I absolutely appreciate it. You've been awesome. Love the questions coming in today. If you do have other questions, reach out to me. Facebook Messenger is awesome. Or even better is Instagram. Instagram, I, it's very, I try and check that very regularly. So do check it. Reach out to me. And inshallah, till next week, take very good care of yourselves. Much love. May Allah keep you all forever smiling. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.